I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hey gang, we're back. It's us. It's us, Tara It's Tara Tara and Ryan. Ryan. Here we are. Uh, this is our first one after Fantasia and Dumbo where we're recording by ourselves we're... and we feel lonely. Uh, we loved our guests. Uh, we'll give shout outs to Chris on Fantasia and Melissa on Dumbo. If you haven't heard those episodes, be sure to check them out. Uh, and you can hear me sound like Linda from Bob's Burgers I, in Fantasia. I say, all right, a see, lot. <laughs> see, this is why I only listen to them again when I'm editing. I don't listen to them. I don't listen to podcasts where I'm in... Uh, recreationally i like to listen to them to just hear the flow and i think they're pretty good so (laughs) listeners uh feel free to reach out and tell us what you think so tara what are we watching today today we are watching walt disney's uh 1942 bambi so that is next on our list uh and i'll hit you with the synopsis here in this disney classic a young deer named bambi joins his new friends a rabbit named thumper and a skunk named flower and exploring his forest home. As a boy, he learns from his doting mother and his father, the great prince of the forest, that there are dangers in the open meadows where hunters can spot the animals. And he meets a beautiful young doe named... Pauline? Pauline, I think. Maybe? Phalene? Phalene or Pauline. We'll find out. We'll find out. As Bambi grows up, he learns that there is tragedy as well as beauty and joy in his forest world and on the path to adulthood. So it was released in August of 1942, and it has a 90% Rotten Tomatoes score. Now this one, it's been a hot minute since I've seen Bambi. This is another one I saw when I was a child, and I remember really loving Thumper and Flower. And Thumper, uh, from what I've read, is the comic relief. And so that, for me, is really all my memories, and that Bambi's mom dies in the beginning. Well, yeah. I think the fact that Bambi's mom dies is like such a cultural... uh, touchstone i think it's a joke it's kind of a thing where you go like it's it's something that even the strongest man cries at when when bambi's mom dies um speaking of thumper something that we're, i'm gonna throw out a few things here at the beginning as usual i watched a documentary on this one that was really interesting but i'm gonna throw out some stuff in the beginning to be watching while we go first of all thumper is they did a, a part of it where they're talking about the voice actors mm-hmm. thumper like is the funniest story ever because they get a bunch of kids together Yes, yeah, so that's something I read. Okay. I, I, I read about um, they used children mm-hmm. uh, instead of using, for the, when all the animals are kids, they use children's voices instead of using adults' voices to mimic or sound like kids. And I thought that was really interesting. So they, when they did the, the, the auditions for this one, they had a bunch of kids um, that the casting director liked. And there was one kid who, like, they would all do the line where they're like, Look, it's Bambi. And one kid would go, 
look, it's Bambi, and like had like a terrible delivery, and he goes, you in the back, and the two guys who were animated go, no, 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 bring that one forward. Yeah, they, they, I read that as well, that they wound up, that's the only reason why that he was that voice was the animators. Well, yeah, because yeah. he was such a, 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 like, the kid wasn't acting at all, He was, I forgot his name, but he was absolutely... That was just who he is. So watch Thumper when you're watching this. There's parts, apparently the kid kept forgetting his lines. So the part where he goes, if you can't say something nice. And then he does this long pause from Thumper. That was the kid trying to remember the second half I of his line. I love that. The other interesting thing about Thumper, and this will lead into uh, what Bambi is based off of. Thumper was called Bobo in the first draft uh, <laughs> of, Walt, of the film. And Thumper's character is not originally in the novel that Bambi is based off of, but uh, they felt that they needed some much-needed comic relief in this kind of very heavy uh, tale, heavy story for Bambi, and that leads me into the novel that this movie is based off of, and it is called Bambi, A Life in the Woods, and it was in 1923, and it was an Austrian uh, novelist, and I read so I read that he uh, his pen name is Felix Salton and again I'm, I'm probably butchering it S-A-L-T-E-N his real name is Sigmund Salzman uh, and apparently he was bored that's yes. how he started to write is, he was, a he was an insurance clerk yeah. yeah and he was out of boredom started to write and so I found that interesting that the first thing he writes is this what people have gone on to say the first like environmentalist kind of novel mm-hmm. and, and focusing on the environment and animals and like what it does uh, to their environment. And so the original novel traces the life of Bambi, a male roe deer from his birth through childhood, the loss of his mother, the finding of a mate, the lessons he learns from his father and the experience he gains about the dangers posed by human hunters in the forest. So, this one was one where they had a hard time kind of apparently finding a story there because it wasn't their traditional fairy tale stories. Well, and the original is not for children. It's much darker and I've read gorier and kind of more intense oh. uh, into the kind of adventures of Bambi in the woods. We'll get into some we'll get into some other stuff once uh, we start watching it. I'll, I'll do it at the end of some scenes that were pitched but deleted. But apparently in this, it was it's it's more of just a coming of age story. And it's a little bit of an examination of like forest life and that sort of thing. So there were all these things they 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 kept saying they had this whole thing where Bambi did something and then it zoomed in on the ant hill he like stamped on and like oh I read about that all yeah all the all the problems it did and the the animals were like we spent weeks and weeks on that and then we all went this has nothing to do with the story why are we doing this? yeah what I found interesting is that the author wrote Bambi on a trip to Italy. So he was traveling through Italy and he became fascinated with the word bambino, which in Italian means small boy. And so that's where the name came from. I don't know where the inspiration of the story came from, but he was very focused on that word. So I found that kind of interesting that that's where the name Bambi comes from. Um, One thing I really want you, you especially, but the listeners as well to look at while we're watching this so you and I talk a lot about in Pinocchio and Snow White about the uh, how how much detail there is in the background and stuff like that and how we're always looking in the background. This is going to have none of that because one of the things they did is they tried to bring the same amount of detail into these forest settings, right? Mm-hmm. So the forests have 
Um, you know, th- th- it was all these shots of like Bambi and his mother in this in, in one section. The rest of it was just leaves and, t- and and surrounded by woods and all this stuff. And they would do all these details, and they're like, "We're never going to get this done if we keep doing all these details." So they started looking towards impressionism, and one of the reasons they did that, they hired this this uh, this this anime or this 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 artist Tyrus Wong, who had come to America from China and had learned you know had gone through art school and they started interviewing him he's so funny he's got a very thick you know chinese american accent and he's saying like whoa the whole reason i got a job is i just i got married young and i needed money <laughs> and he's like so, so someone said well you're you're an artist why don't you go try to get a job at walt disney studio and he was like okay and he just went and they went okay you could be an in-betweener now an in-betweener was they would have the big artists do a bunch of the things and then the in-betweener would do the little tiny sketches in between to get to those points of animation mm-hmm. so and everyone was like oh yeah that was a terrible job and you would go crazy doing it and we didn't pay much and he just on a lark heard about bambi and i guess he liked bambi or he liked the idea of bambi or what he heard so he went up and he showed him his landscape paintings and his landscapes were very impressionistic they were like broad brush strokes and just like the idea of grass and the idea of this is very simple and i the the interview apparently the guy looked at it and goes what department are you in? And he went, I'm an in-betweener. He goes, I think we put you in the wrong department. And he became the lead landscape guy for Bambi. Oh, that's awesome. And it was their way of like, we're going to save so much money doing this and so much time. But at the same time, it's, it's gorgeous. It's impressionism. It's, 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 it's actual, everyone looks at it and they're like, this is, you know, it was in different, it was completely different from what they're doing, but you don't ever feel like you're not in the woods. It doesn't feel, it just Mm -hmm. isn't, you know the the carvings in the in the wood like they were in Snow White and everything like that. And I think they talk about how that helped people going forward of like, well, we can skip not skip out on stuff, but like give the idea of these things. And it's just funny to me that this guy who like joined Walt Disney Studios on a lark ends up becoming in a lot of ways a very influential uh, animated movie. Yeah, character. and kind of becomes the the main person to kind of guide that work I didn't, a little bit. I didn't dive too deep into him, but I don't know that he did very much Disney stuff after that. I think he ended up being concept artist for like movies and things. Not concept, uh, uh, what's it called? Storyboarding? Um, storyboarding. He was a storyboard artist, artist for a lot of like live action movies. Well, and talking about, we've mentioned a couple times animation that gets reused or different ways that Disney saves money uh, with Bambi. Animation from this film is reused more than in any other Disney movie, from what I've read. And so they mention that uh, usually they reuse the incidental animations of the birds and the leaves in Mm -hmm. other Disney movies. Uh, Apparently, Bambi's mother appears in the very first shot of Beauty and the Beast. So that first scene when it's the deer is Bambi's mother. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also read um, Shere Khan in The Jungle Book. There's something connected to that with Bambi, hmm. and I, I, I wasn't. They didn't go into too much detail with that, so I'm not sure. One uh, of the things I saw is they had the rain special effects, and apparently that exact rain that they've had in this movie has appeared at the time. They were like, we, because the, 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 the documentary I saw was talking a lot about the Lion King and how, how much of the Lion King, like they used to pitch the Lion King as it's Bambi with lions, yeah, and it's, and it's a couple other things, but. One of the things they talk about is they're like, oh, yeah, this rain, we use the exact same rain. We don't redo the rain. It's the rain from Bambi. Like, not that's they awesome. recopy it. And that's in the 90s. All the way up to Pocahontas is what they were talking that's about. That's really great. Uh, and going back to some of the animations, apparently Bambi and his mother fully appear in The Rescuers. So we'll have to look out huh. for that. That's in 1977. 
Uh, and I just found that interesting because we, we keep noticing characters that look similar and the same thing with the rabbits, the rabbit family, Thumper's family, I believe is similar to some of the woodland creatures in Snow White. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing that I read as well. And the squirrels, apparently Thumper and the squirrels uh, were, not, I don't know if it was necessarily reused or influenced by Snow White. Uh, so that was something else that I found interesting because we're always kind of looking for those scenes. Uh, and those woodland creatures as well are used in Pinocchio. So it, or first. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they talk about that in the in the doc. They talk about how like, they show the the deer from Snow White that follows her into the, the dwarf's house and how much different it is from, you know, you can tell they're in very similar veins, mm-hmm. but they had live deer running throughout the studio. They and didn't they become in. their pets? Like they yes. hung around? They hung I was, around yeah, afterwards. which is really and cool. And they basically were just, they would just draw them and they brought in like documentarians and, and, and naturalists to tell, talk to them about that. And they would sit there and point out like, I, I forgot the name of the, the naturalist who they brought in, but he was like, this poor deer, they just were like, he was just holding its leg and being like, look at the musculature and look at this and this and this. And they had, there's a, there's a picture of like, you know, it's probably set up a little bit, but it's a skunk on a little like side table. And there's a guy with, yeah. a, with a sketch just staring real close at the skunk. You know, there was this, I, and I'll, of course we'll post a documentary, but they were talking, one of the things that really struck me is they're talking about, all the things the special effects artists do and all the things that Disney people would do to really get in there and and see how things really looked. And there's a great shot of it's three animators with a sketch thing around a bucket of water and they're all uh-huh. staring at the bucket of water and a guy just drops a watermelon in the bucket and they like it's it's clearly for a publicity shot. And they all just keep their eyes open and like get splashed with water and go and just start scribbling yeah. down what they're doing. It was so good. I love hearing stories like that, and I think it makes each experience of each movie that an animator works on, like, it's already so personal because mm-hmm. it's their work, but then each kind of thing or activity that they had to do to to create that animation, I find fascinating. You know, whether it's, like, animating the deer that come in the studio or the water or whatever it may be. Uh, so it's always cool to hear those stories. I have also a lot here, and I, I might not mention all of it, but... Kind of the villain of the story is man, mm-hmm. and it's man in the forest. And I have a couple different things here about man in the forest. And supposedly, uh, man in the forest was a code phrase used by Disney employees when Walt was coming down the hallway. <laughs> I forgot. So I, I loved that. that. I loved that. Like <laughs> that's what they would say if Disney was like coming down the hallway and like they needed to alert somebody to it. Well, I'm watching all these documentaries that are definitely made by Disney, and I've read a book. I mean. Walt Disney is a man, just like anybody else. I've I have a book that I really enjoy. I have to look at it again. It's been a long time since I read it uh, because when I was growing up, there was a um, uh, children's artist and, and 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 writer named Bill Pete who wrote a bunch of books I liked, and he spent a lot of time doing storyboarding and stuff. He he had a lot of influence on I think like the Hundred and One Dalmatians and mm. Sword in the Stone, and uh, he worked on those. And so he it's it's his autobiography. But it's also illustrated by him. Oh, cool. So there's, in fact, hold on. I'm going to get it. I'm going to show it to you. I'll be right back. Listeners, I'm back. I'm back with a book. So I'm going to confuse it. So here's the picture of him with Walt. And I'll see if we can put these pictures up. So this is Walt pitching something and then him going, no, 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 that's not how we're going to do it. And then there's him pitching it. Yeah. But yeah, he draws Walt in here. Oh, I guess he worked on Dumbo. It's 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 a great book. I'll we'll put up a link for it. 
because he does great great illustrations and it's also oh there's it's the wall in here we'll get a picture of but it's just he's very stern in some of the pictures and some of them you see him doing what he does in the pictures you see in the disney um documentary but other ones he's very like he's got he looks like a crotchety old man and that's kind of the walt i believe having worked with very creative strong figures like that they do obviously have that really joyful side but they also are very passionate and passion swings both ways yes yeah well and there's such personal ideas Mm -hmm. you know when you're pitching those ideas and this is another one that supposedly was one of Walt's personal favorites but I feel like every movie I've said that on uh so I feel as though when he's working on it, probably just like everyone else who worked on it, they felt very strongly about what they were doing. Well, there's a story they do where Walt, they come in and they show him a few scenes of like Bambi, like trying to stand up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they just done the scenes and they showed it to him. And again, this one doesn't have like a big thick, this, this one isn't story driven. It is, but it isn't. Yeah. And they showed it to him and apparently he was in the front row and he turned around and he just had tears in his eyes. Like, that's perfect. That's gold boys. You're, keep doing that yeah and that's kind of the direction it ended up taking um we've been doing this for a little bit do you want to do a little historical context mean- yeah so uh kind of where we were in the united states i think is an important thing to mm-hmm. mention uh because it's now 1942 so we have entered the war at this point yes and so this was the last full-length animated feature till cinderella and that doesn't come until 1950 And the gap was several reasons. I mean, we were in the war, and so a lot of his film workers were in the military. They were called away to service, or they joined up and served, and so that was part of it, as well as lack of materials to actually make the films. The military also took over Walt Disney Studios. The military had them start doing propaganda films, essentially, but but cartoons that were geared towards helping the war effort. Mm -hmm. And that started about nine or ten months before Bambi came out. And they just, there's all these pictures of, like, Walt showing these generals and and high-ranking officials around the studio. Um, They also mentioned that Bambi's premiere, uh, I think it was supposed to be at Radio City Music Hall, and something happened where whatever was showing there ran longer. And then, of course, with everything with the war, it did not have as big of a premiere as I think they initially wanted it to it have. It did not make a lot of money. This is and why then they I re-release think... it and they talk about that that they also re-release Snow White during the war. And so that becomes a thing that Disney does is every mm-hmm. so many years they start re-releasing some of the classics and so that also was making them money. And then Bambi gets re-released. I want to say it's 1947. I might have that year wrong, but it's in that time period and it does much better. Uh, when it gets re-released and then of course it goes on they do like a platinum edition in the 2000s that they went in and they cleaned up some of the animation and they do like a very special edition uh, much later as well uh i just wanted to mention one or two more facts that i thought was interesting uh this film only has 1000 words of dialogue yes so that's something i thought was really interesting and another kind of fact when you're comparing other Disney movies is this was the first to not have any humans and then because you never see man Mm -hmm. on the screen and the next one to do that is Robin Hood in 1973 which is Ryan's favorite spoiler alert we will be talking (laughs) about that when we get to it but um that was another little fact that I found really interesting I have a couple more tidbits that I think might be more interesting once we watch it uh but I think we've done a good job of kind of putting it together there was a lot of really interesting facts in history on this mm-hmm. one 
Yeah, so uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, pop your VHS into the old VCR and... Uh, we'll see you on the other side. Well, uh, we made a realization while we were watching that, guys. And what was that, Tara? Listeners, today is Mother's Day. <laughs> and we've called our mothers and wished those we care about a happy Mother's Day. We sat down. We recorded the intro to Bambi. We watched Bambi. And we didn't put it together until Bambi's mom is about to die. And then neither of us could really handle the fact that it was happening. And then we were both like, why did we do this on Mother's Day? I... I... I think this is hilarious. <laughs> it's uh, a very, I don't want to say a happy coincidence, an interesting coincidence, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and we can go into more of that scene uh, when we get there in the movie, but we both really enjoyed it. It was delightful. It, it was so beautiful. It was very much felt like, like, I enjoyed Dumbo, and Dumbo was a fun little movie to watch, but this felt like a piece of art. And yes. I, and I don't know that I express this as much previous to watching the movie, but I did not like this movie growing up. I remember thinking it was a dumb movie. I remember thinking, I think it was a a kid, like, this is for babies. Like, I just remember not being interested in it, except for the Twitter-pated scene always made me laugh. And mm-hmm. that was it. That's all I remember ever watching. And for me, I just really remember Thumper and Flower. And I was so surprised that Flower really isn't in it much for the presence that Flower has. Because you really remember his character. But it's really mainly Thumper and Bambi well, I think, yeah. as main characters. I think marketing-wise, yeah, Flower's really in three scenes. Yeah, and they're really Flower important is... scenes, but... Well, that's the thing about this. I don't feel like any scene... There are a few beats that are very important, but the story in general, like, this is legitimately the circle of life is what we're watching here. Yeah, and a lot of similarities to Lion King, uh... Or I guess Lion King was similar to mm-hmm. this. They drew a lot in a from lot this. of ways. Uh, but I guess what we'll do is what we normally do. We'll kind of go through it here and highlight some things. So it opens with the opening credits, which we've talked about in mm-hmm. each one. And Love is a Song, which is really the only uh, main song besides April Shower, which will showers, which Little we'll April mention. Showers. Little April Showers are the only two main songs that folks remember. But I could not recall a single song. And that's because it's mostly orchestral. It's mostly instrumental. And there is choirs of voices throughout. And so Love is a Song is what opens it. It opens the opening credits and it starts to be played. Well, that was the thing about this whole thing is it didn't feel like like kind of like the usual Disney movie where it's like there are songs and everyone's doing this and that and the other. This felt like we were watching a nature documentary that happened to be about talking animals. In a lot of ways, yeah. like the way they drew everybody, the way everybody interacted, some of the, the the movements, it never felt like, you know, it wasn't like Thumper picked up something and like drank from a cup. Like Thumper did a few things that were obviously things rabbits don't do. But for the most part, Bambi walked around like wild. a deer. Yeah, it yeah. was everybody just being the, the animals that they were. Yeah, and in the um, very beginning, before it opens, after all the opening credits, there was... Uh, a mention, and we always like to write these down when we see them, and it says, To Sidney A. Franklin, 
our sincere appreciation for his inspiring collaboration. So Ryan did a quick check on who that was and why he was thanked at the beginning of the movie. He was an MGM producer who had bought the rights to the book initially and with the idea of I'm going to make a live action movie out of this. I don't know how in 1930s or whenever he got him, he thought he was going to make a live action version. But when he decided to make an animated version, he came to Disney with the, the idea. So he is kind of the one who brought it to Disney. Yeah, and so the first thing it opens on is I just said the beautiful perspective. You're looking through the woods, and I know mm-hmm. you wanted to mention a little bit about the multiplane camera. The, the, uh, we've I'll post a documentary. There are I remember when I was growing up, there were specific documentaries just on the multiplane camera, and it was a video they played on Disney Channel and stuff like that. But it's a camera that is like three or four people tall and the camera is at the top of it looking down through multiple panes of glass and that's where they put the different cells so that's why they can move them at different rates so it's kind of like uh stop motion but it's going through like like a a scene or at the beginning in this it's them going through the forest but it's different perspectives it's different depths of the forest moving at different speeds yeah like the waterfalls in the background and then in in the foreground is that yeah. Closer are more the trees and the branches, but there's a window into you seeing the waterfall. But that's the thing. It's not just a foreground and a background. It's like four or five different things moving at different yes, speeds. Yes, but you it's, do, it's impressive. But the way they do it, you don't know that mm-hmm. all that work went into it, but you can tell it was cared for. You know what I mean? They this, put a lot of care into it. It's it's a technique they'd been using in multiple in other the other movies we've seen. It was it was kind of done really big in a the old windmill was like a, a very uh, a, a short. They did a silly symphony, or not even maybe not even a silly symphony, but it was a short they did that did a lot of that technique. But this is the movie I remember being very much like the multiplane camera mm. movie. And so after you've seen the forest for a bit, uh, it starts with the Grand Owl, who we loved. Friend throughout. Owl. Friend Owl. I That's thought it was Grand no, Owl. No, it's Friend Owl. Oh, that, that makes more sense. Uh, so he's sleepy in the beginning and, uh, he's kind of starting to stir. He's a little bit grumpy. Uh, he gets grumpier later, but he's He's my favorite character. He's, yeah, he's great. So he's stirring. He was a real hoot. Oh, I like it. Uh, all the creatures are starting their day. So, uh, this is when we start to meet some of the recurring characters throughout the film. Uh, and Thumper, I think, is one of the first to talk to say the new prince is here. Mm-hmm. It's time to see the new prince and is letting all the creatures know. Uh, and the first thing I noticed is Thumper's eye color is different from the rest of his family, which I thought was neat. And in general, the rest of his family, um, his siblings and his mom, are all one color and he's more gray than mm-hmm. they are. So he's drawn different uh, in his coloring, which I thought was neat. And so everybody basically starts running. You, What I love is as you see the creatures starting you de- their day, you see the owl going to sleep, trying to sleep during the day. Uh, and then everyone else kind of waking up and checking in on their babies and their children and whatnot. And then when Thumper announces it's, you know, the baby prince is here or the new prince is here, uh, then they all rush to where Bambi is with his mom to see the new prince. And it's springtime mm-hmm. is where we start. Uh, and then you go to the very famous sequence with Bambi trying to stand, uh, being very Which clumsy. Just looks like a baby. Yeah, deer trying to stand. When a baby's for when a baby deer's first born, uh, and 
The possums was were cute as well. Like everyone's saying good morning, young prince. Oh, that's later after he. But the, the, then the next scene is they're just walking through the forest. Yes, yeah, as he's learning yes. to walk. Yeah. Um. And then everyone starts wishing him good morning and welcoming him. And the possums were so cute the way they were hanging. He looks on the upside tree. down, so it looks like they're standing up. Yeah. I like this because this movie is essentially like, it. It's a very like we're all in this together movie. Like mm-hmm. the whole there's no. The, the, the owl is the grumpiest character, and even he isn't an antagonist, really. No, anyway. and they all have affection for him, and vice mm-hmm. versa. I think he's looking out for everyone, and he's so proud when the, when Bambi is born. It's the opposite of like Pinocchio and Dumbo, where it's like everybody's against the protagonist, and they have to overcome. This is just a nice, sweet story about the forest. Like, like mm-hmm. you're watching the the protagonist is the forest. Yeah. And, you know, as he's walking around, he starts playing with all the rabbits, not just Thumper, but basically his siblings. And that's where he learns his first word. It's the first time we hear Bambi speak and he says bird. Well, he tries to say it. He doesn't say it right the first time. Let's let's talk for a minute. We talked a little bit about the, how much how cool we thought the char- the, the actor of, who played Thumper and the character of Thumper was. Thumper was great. Thumper, like, I missed Thumper's child voice when they all become adults and we'll get oh, there when they all become adults their new voices are meh <laughs> yeah but the voices as children all of them were fantastic mm-hmm. and something we uh did not mention at the start of this was bambi's voice as a child and i have his name written down was donnie dunnigan i think is how you say it and he becomes a marine and becomes a highly decorated war hero and shares a story about how he kind of kept it quiet from all of his uh, he didn't, soldiers and the the folks he worked with in the military. He was hesitant to tell them that he was the young voice of Bambi. Because he didn't want to everyone to use that against him and to lose respect for him. And to get the nickname Bambi, Bambi to kind yeah. of have that nickname. But um, he did a fantastic job as well. All the voices as children I thought but, were just delightful. But Thumper was so good. Thump- Thumper was perfect. Thumper. I loved yes. <laughs> Uh, was really really great uh and then as you're going through it this is the first scene we meet flower and so they're they're smelling the flowers and thumpers basically telling bambi what everything is no that's not a bird that's a butterfly bambi tries to call a butterfly a bird because it's flying uh and then the same thing with flowers sniffing the flowers and then flower the skunk is in the flowers so he pops up and bambi says flower and thumper starts laughing and the skunk says he can call me flower and it was just so sweet and such a tender moment between the three of them and we kind of see how they become friends i also when i was a kid i think i thought flower was a girl for most of the movie he has you know a higher, like, he's sing-songy voice, and yeah, the way he's animated, but I, I kind of enjoy thinking, that. I also remember thinking Bambi was a girl at one point when I was very little, like, yeah. a very little kid, and then, like, having the weird disconnect of, like, oh, they're boys now, like, just yeah. thinking, like, oh, now well, they're boys. Well, and also because they have antlers, but they don't start right, out right, with right, antlers. Right. Uh, but yeah, so we get to meet them uh, having a moment, and then Thunder starts up, and uh, Thumper basically ditches Bambi. Bambi's brand new, has never like seen a thunderstorm, and he's like, "Okay, I gotta go home now," which is something I, a kid would do. Right? I think that's the big yeah. thing. Is Thumper is such a good kid. Like, yeah. Not, like, like not a good kid, but like just a perfect a representation. Yeah. And you were said you were writing down all the things Thumper said because Thumper every time he gets in trouble, his mom's like Thumper, and he goes, "And what did your what? father?" And he acts say? like he doesn't know what she's talking. about. like, "What?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
So I'll read one of those in a minute here. But uh, after he ditches Bambi, Bambi finds his mom. So it doesn't take him long to get reunited with his mom. And then we hear the music, Little April Showers, which is such a beautiful song. And what I wrote here, and this happens throughout the movie, but the music matches so well to the animation and vice versa. And it reminded me of Fantasia, where certain... Uh, things we talked about in Fantasia with the way that they animate it to the music and vice versa. This was so similar. The music played such an important role, I think, in this film. And a lot of it, again, was instrumental. And, you know, it as the raindrops fell and as the lightning comes in and the storm's picking up, it emotes those feelings with you and it matches so well with the animation. Well, I think if you look at, like, what year, do you remember what year... Snow White was 1937 1938 right in there so you've got 38 to 42 you've got five movies so they were obviously all in production and kind of a tight yeah like and I it, it feels like a lot of the thing the people who came off Fantasia moved to this and a lot of people who came off Pinocchio moved to Dumbo which is kind of like a cycle when you're doing things makes sense I mean I know we did I've done it in studios where I'm working on multiple games it's like you can tell people are kind of moving from one thing yeah the next thing's in the next release has been in production for a while, and that crew from the one that just got released moves on to the next and one. And overlaps a little yeah. bit. Well, and I did look up the composer for this, uh, and it is Frank Edwin Churchill, and he was an American film composer and songwriter. He wrote most of the music for Snow White. He wrote Hi-Ho, he wrote Whistle While You Work, and Someday My Prince Will Come. And he's mm. also, he worked on Dumbo, he did Bambi, and then he does The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, which we'll cover a little bit yeah. later. So I did just want to highlight him, uh, not only because he worked on the other movies that I don't think we mentioned in those episodes, but I just thought he did such a fantastic job with the music on And this. they talked about in the documentary about how this felt like the pastoral symphony, but for children. Yeah. And, it, and, and it, you're right, it did match up with the... I, I think that was really cool. The, the like when every time uh, Bambi tried to stand up, it was like left leg, right leg, tail. Yeah. They would always go like. Sounded just like the flute was in the room with us. <laughs> You're <listeners>. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after all of that, after we're watching uh, the storm and you know this beautiful music come in. We also see the ripple effect in the water, and Bambi sees his reflection. Uh, oh, no, this isn't where he sees his reflection. This is just when the water droplets are falling in the water, because then they go to the meadow. That And that's the thing about this movie, is it's, since it's not so much of a plot, I think you, you remember this more piecemeal. Like, yeah. Just the little scenes. Like, and I, so I, I tried to take notes, so we're following it linear, uh, linearly, but we may not. It's okay not to. Yeah. Come on, this is our podcast. We do what we want. We can talk about uh, uh, anything we wanted. Uh, well, we'll stick to Disney for okay. today. But uh, you had <laughs> mentioned something with Ripple Glass with the water droplets. So I'll post a picture of Ripple Glass, but it's essentially that glass that looks like there's been water going through it. And there's, mm -hmm. like, some bumps on it. It's hard for me to describe uh, w without showing it. Yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll post a picture on the, on the website. But it's essentially, they just ran it through that and, like, moved it a little bit as they did the animation. But it reminded me of going back to Snow White and seeing the water in the well. It was, like, so clear. And it wasn't the same. I think the water in the well was legitimately them filming water. And it I wasn't still think the that. same, but it gave me the same reaction of, mm -hmm. like, wow, that's really beautiful the way they did that. Mm -hmm. uh, so then they head to the meadow, and Bambi <laughs> is learning. So he's really excited, and he's prancing, and he doesn't understand that the meadow is very different from being in the woods. And his mother gets 
not stern, but very much like, you. no, 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 you never rush out into the metal. There could be danger. Well, that's where this movie turns from, like, everything is super pleasant and nice. And to playful, like, yeah. And, and not not necessarily dark, but very serious. Like, they like Bambi, you can't go out into the meadow. Like, mm-hmm. And then it's that long, her, she walks out there, and that just looks like we're watching film of a deer. Yeah. Like, there's no cartooniness to this. And, and the adults, like, her, his mom and his dad have less, like, physical animated human fe- features. Yeah. Like, like, sometimes it, like, it doesn't look like they animated their mouth at all when they're talking. But the, 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 that was, I think, the first instance I noticed of a deer looking right down the barrel of the camera and being like, this looks like a nature film. Yeah. And so, you know, she stresses to him what the dangers are. And after she looks and sees everything's okay... Then she's like, it's fine to come out. And you see that all the animals go to the meadow. So it's not just the deer. And they're well, more, they're even more playful in the meadow, I feel. Because when she treat. goes, we have to go to the meadow. <laughs> like, when she goes, it's very dangerous. I have to look. Tara turns to me and goes, then why go? Yeah. Like, then why <laughs> go there? But then you see, you know, it's to run around. It's to prance. It's like a wide open space. It's to eat clover. And why is clover important to eat, Tara? Oh my gosh, so this is the Thumper <laughs> quote that is so good. Let me find it. I have to pull up the right window on my phone because I've got a couple open for Bambi. He runs into Thumper and her and his family and Thumper is eating clover. And He's he goes, eating the greens. No, no, no. He's He wants to only eat the flowers, which are the, the purple part. Yes, yeah, so basically what happens is uh, Bambi sees Thumper eating the flowers and... Thumper says, try some, they're delicious. And Bambi goes for the clover first. And then Thumper says, no, no, not that green stuff. Just eat the blossoms. That's the good stuff. And Thumper opens his mouth so wide to get the whole blossom in his mouth. And he pauses because his, his mother mama, mama goes, Thumper, what did your father tell you? The clover is in his mouth. Yes. <laughs> and Or the, the flower, the, the flower, blossom. Yes. And, uh... He goes, about what? About what? Yeah. And then he goes, oh, that one. And he clears his throat and says, eating greens is a special treat. It makes long ears and ears, excuse me, and great big feet. And then to Bambi, he whispers, but it sure is awful to eat. I made that last part up myself. It's so good. And I, he's got I a don't couple wanna... moments like that, but that was one of my favorite of, uh, you know, the mother being like, well, now remember, you know, like kind of reining Thumper in a little bit. I don't want to steer my, my, my vote later, but I just think everyone should watch this just for Thumper. Like I, the if, whole movie, I think. Else. Yeah. Uh, so you, again, you're um, following Bambi and all the other woodland. I mean, they're more than woodland creatures, I feel like. No, I think they're woodland creatures. It just feels very much like an American forest. It's like yeah, I, I guess when we and... referred to woodland creatures in Snow White, it's some of them, but it's much more than that. Yes. Yeah, because it's more forest animals. So you're following them all through the meadow, and then that's when Bambi looks in the water and sees his reflection. And as he sees his reflection, he sees Feline, Feline for the first time. And he had asked his mother, I think, before then, you know. Thumper says Are there, there other, other deer? deer? Yeah, Thumper. Oh, yes. He tells his mother. he says it mother, really like a kid. Thumper says there are other deer in the yeah, forest. Yeah, and like, his yes. mother's like, oh, did he? And so she kind <laughs> of explains that they'll see them at some point. And so, Feline. Feline. I keep wanting to say. Feline. Feline. Like falling, only Feline. Feline. Uh, and so, Bambi is so bashful, so nervous, so afraid. Uh, she's prancing around him, licking him, and then hiding in the grass, and doing a very... Like, 
when you hear elementary school kids like well she's making it feels like she's 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 making bambi mad at first and then he starts playing finally yeah he gets he gets annoyed and he he falls in the water when he tries to run after her and he he's kind of does like a furrowed brow kind of a face and his faces his his uh, just his expressions are so good yeah like there's such a little kid of like "Mm," and then like what and then yeah fear it's so good and so it's the moms with uh Feline and Bambi. I'm going to pause before I say it every time. I apologize, listeners. And then we go back to the music guiding us on what's happening next and the whole emotion and mood changes because all the the bucks come in. And they all are coming prancing in, in through the meadow. And that's when Bambi meets his dad. So I don't know that Bambi's met his dad up to this point. He's only a couple days old. Yeah. And his dad is very regal, very elegant. And then as he walks past Bambi, he stares at him and kind of snubs him. And we were both like, he's kind of rude. He I winds remember, up being better throughout remember, the movie, but he's kind of rude in the beginning. I remember as a kid, like, legitimately not liking Bambi's dad. Yeah, and so his mother introduces Bambi's dad and says, he's the great prince of the forest. He's brave, he's wise, he's outlived all these other deer. He he's mm-hmm. very old and lived the longest and so that's why everyone looks up to him. That's why he has like this air about him. And we quickly realize why he's outlived everybody because that's when we get signals that man is in the Yes, forest. we get signals from the birds and each time it's usually the birds that signal them. The crows. The crows and the different birds in the trees and they sing signal the great prince. The colors change, the music gets anxious like I felt anxious for the animals again. It's a great job of changing mood both visually and yes. aurally. Yeah. Like the way they do the, the the music and everything. Yeah, and so uh Bambi's panicking, he's looking for his mom, his mom's looking for him and I keep going oh my gosh is this when Bambi's mom dies like three times I said it and it didn't happen because when I was a kid I remembered her dying at the very beginning she really doesn't die till about the middle of the film we do mm. get a good amount of time with Bambi's mom and can connect to her as a character does Bambi's mom have a name is it just Bambi's mom you want to look that up while I'm talking about the next part I don't remember it might just be Bambi's mom I don't have my phone yet but... here you can use mine that's fine we'll just you know what we'll live not knowing. Not knowing. Guys, if you know if Bambi's mom has a name, send us an email. There you go. Uh, and let us know. Yeah. I think it is just Bambi's mom. Uh, but So they're panicking and very frantic and trying to find one another. And then Bambi's dad comes in at the last second right before the shots ring out. And we hear the gunshots. And so he kind of comes in and then we're like, oh, okay. We're back on board with Bambi's dad. Like and- he snubbed him. But throughout the rest of the movie... He's stern, but he's very protective, and I think it's because he knows how in an instant you could be gone from man, from a hunter. And so I think, I almost feel he's not trying to sugarcoat it for Bambi. He he wants he's him stern. to know the seriousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that happens a little later when he's telling him to get up yeah. and all that. I thought, one thing I thought was interesting that I didn't realize until we saw this again, you never see a hunter. No, man is never, I think I briefly mentioned it in the beginning, but you never see man. And you that was a, a choice. You see a campfire, you see a tent, you hear gunshots. It was funny because I remember there was a, like a Comic-Con or something where a bunch of people dressed up as Disney villains and they did a picture all together. And you're looking at it and you go like, why does that one guy look like Elmer Fudd? And then you go, oh no, he's the bad guy from Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing is, I, I can't remember why, but I, I, I 
think I read somewhere that they did animate man into it at some point, and it was oh. a very active choice to take him out. There was a scene where during the fire they pan past a dead person and their boots on, like oh, burn. like it was like all charcoal around them, and then like like, and they all went, yeah, we can't do this. Like yeah. they kept trying to figure out a way to. Walt wanted to show that man got his comeuppance in that fire. Mm, like which that, we'll get to later, yeah. Th- yeah, sorry, at the end. And then they just were like, yeah, let's just not do this. I think it was more ominous not seeing him, and I think they made the right choice. And uh, as we're going through the movie, it's really following it by season, and that's kind of a way to, you know, as you see the seasons change and the different moments that come next. So autumn comes pretty quickly. Uh, we see the leaves, we see the leaves change color and then you see a couple leaves that are dark and look as if they're dying and they fall from the trees and it turns to winter. And so as Bambi is sleepily waking up, he looks outside to say, mama, what's all that white stuff? Mm -hmm. Uh, and she tells him it's snow. And so he goes out to explore the snow. And again, he reminded me of animals, our pup lady, uh, we (laughs) rescued her here in Texas. And so we were pretty sure she had never seen a lot of snow And we went to visit family in the Kansas City area one Christmas. And it was so fun to watch her explore the snow and not really know what to make of it. And essentially, that's what Bambi was doing. And I think even children, the first time they see snow, it's so hesitant, but also very curious. And they did a very good job with that. And then he comes across Thumper. And this is, I think, a very iconic scene i'll use my my trademark word there uh but when thumper is skating on the ice and i don't think you have a trademark on the word iconic i probably not but for the (laughs) podcast we'll say uh but thumper is skating on the ice he's sliding on his butt and he's he's pretty graceful on the ice i'll have to look up which animator said this but apparently they pitched it to walt because when that animator was was young he remembers going out in the ice and falling a whole lot and then having all the hockey players zip by him. <laughs> and so that was his pitch. He's like, oh, Bambi's me and, and Thumper's the hockey players. Yeah, and so you see Bams, Bam, Bamsy. Bamsy. You see Bambi. It's because I was doing Bambi and Clumsy. Uh, you see Bambi clumsy again. Like when he's first learning to stand, he's on the ice and Thumper's trying to help him and move his feet around and trying to get his footing on the ice. And then they go over to Flower they and, find flour in a den. Yeah, and that's all what I snuggly. Do I don't have to see it here, but I'll just remember. Uh, I looked up do skunks hibernate. Do skunks actually hibernate? They do not, but they do go very inactive in the winter. But they are known to leave their dens to collect whatever it is. If you like really pressed me, I don't think I could tell you if skunks were herbivores or carnivores yeah i want to say they're herbivores but i don't actually know so we'll look that up as well or you can look it up yourself it's a great movie curious. we're learning stuff yeah it's great. uh but yeah thumper asks him if he's hibernating and he wakes him up by thumping his foot which is uh you know what thumper does throughout i'm and thumping yeah that's why they call me, me thumper. thumper so that's in the very beginning uh but then as he's asking flower about hibernating and sleeping Flower says, all us flowers sleep in the winter. And then, like, gets all snuggly with his tail and goes back to bed. Because what we want to do here is get this scene as absolutely cute and lovable as possible. Because after this scene... So then we move into kind of the harshness of winter. We see the snow and different snowstorms. And you see that the deer are having trouble finding food and they're eating bark. And Bambi mentions, you know, being really hungry and that winter seems so long. And his mom is kind of reassuring him, it feels long, 
But, you know, don't worry. Like, spring's around the corner, and I feel you, Bambi. I am not a fan of the winter, <laughs> so I could relate to that. Uh, one of the reasons moving out here to Texas, we don't get quite as long of a winter uh, as some other folks do. And so then we get this excitement. They go out to the meadow, and they see the first spring grass. And so Bambi's mom is like, look, here's the grass. Come have some. And then that's when we make the realization the music changes. And I'm like, oh, no, this is when Bambi's mom dies. And that's when we made the realization about Mother's Mother's Day. Day. So that's when that all happened. Uh, And Bambi's mom is such a fierce and protective mother and is just telling him to keep running and to run as fast as he can and don't look back. And so Bambi's running and running and running and you hear the gunshot. But we don't actually see what happens to Bambi's mom. You just hear it. And then the most heartbreak, one of the most heartbreaking scenes is just Bambi looking for his mom, calling out for her. He gets back and he's so excited and he says, we made it, we made it. And then he looks around and he realizes his mom is not with him. Well, one thing I wanted to point out is that they, uh, they apparently started with the idea of animating her getting shot, like just getting falling. hit yeah. and falling. And they took that out. And I think that was a much better choice because I think it, you mentally go there. I mean, it's it's a little bit more of a traumatic choice by not showing you. But, but I think again, the music, the way it's animated, it there's takes no you music. There. There's 18 seconds of silence. Yes, but that's what I'm Which saying. Is, the music beforehand, you get very anxious because you know something's happening as they're running, and then but the silence. Just imagine, like if we did 18 seconds of silence here, I feel like we'd be really like that in a movie, particularly any sort of movie in 1942. Yeah, that's huge. Like them just go, oh, we're just gonna keep it completely silent for 18 seconds before we go mother yeah mother and then you're like oh yeah it was it was a tough one uh but they i think they did it very well and then uh eventually uh the great prince of the forest bambi's dad finds him and says mother can't be with you anymore and you, so yeah that's your, your how, mother that's, can't yeah that, loved, that's how it's worded i loved that particular thing not she's not like it was just like not she's gone it, it, or, it implies a want like that yeah. your mother still wants to be with you but she can't she be with can't you be with you so anymore good. and so they go off and now we move to like it goes from a very somber very sad moment to all of a sudden it's springtime again and all the birds are chirping and loving the, on each other all the amorous birds at which point i relate with the owl more than ever because he comes out of his thing he's like get out of here get out of my tree stop that racket and i was wondering if he's grumpy because he's sad he doesn't have a mate we never see him with a mate in the movie uh maybe he wants to be alone that's a choice it is a choice yeah i just you know he's very curmudgeon about it about and i guess he's trying to sleep maybe he was married maybe he's like grumpy could be maybe he's got some ex-wives ex-owls yeah Uh, but you know, he's trying to sleep. They're all chirping. He thinks they stopped the racket and then they keep going. Uh, and then, uh, he's up in a tree and all of a sudden the tree starts shaking that he's in. And that's when he sees, we see Bambi for the first time. And that goes by real quick, but that's something that deers do when they, like, they have that soft fuzz on their antlers Mm -hmm. and then they rub them on trees to get it off and just have the hard antler underneath when they're older and you see that a little bit like you're seeing stuff let slough off and the flower petals shaking off the trees yeah and i was impressed that they like it's it's just like i said it's like watching a a nature documentary yes i loved it yeah it was so good and you see him for the first time no spots and antlers and the owl points that out and um you know and then 
Thumper comes in, and that's when I wrote here, I really miss Thumper's kid yeah, voice. Yeah, Thumper was, and Flower. Everybody had yeah, kind of subpar voices. Which was fine, but then that's when the owl goes into one of Ryan's favorite parts, which is, they're all Twitter-pated, uh, and talks about... Well, my mom used to use that term a lot growing up. I think that was my mom, the closest my mom came. It went from, they're Twitter-pated... To legitimately renting a, like, the miracle of life video. There was no in between. <laughs> so the owl talks about that, and he educates Bambi, Thumper, and Flower. And that whole scene is so good. Uh, he talks about, you get weak in the knees, and your head starts to spin, and, and then you're walking on air. And, and he's doing all these things. He's doing he all the these. The walking on air thing was, was real so funny. so good. Uh, and then he kind of tells it like a ghost story. It can happen to, to anyone. You. To you, and you, and even you, Flower. <laughs> Uh, and so then they're, they all three of them prance and Bambi's head is up proud and so is Flowers and Thumper's got his chest out and they're like, oh, it's not going to happen to us. never going to happen to us. And then Flower falls first uh, and his nose and tail's in the air and he sees, He gets like stiff as a board and he and turns red. red. It when like she raises him. up like a... Like a thermometer. Like a thermometer, yeah. And, he goes, and she, he first sees him, just her eyes and the flowers, which I mm-hmm. thought was really pretty the way they did that. Uh, and I, so I love the conceit that in this world, all the women know exactly how Twitter painting works, and they're like, "Oh, there's a mate. I'll just be seen." Like, bat they my hold, eyes. They hold all the power in this situation. Yes. I love it. It's so funny. And then Thumper's next to fall. Thumper, Thumper looks at Bambi, and they're like, "Oh gosh, we lost Flower. Well, we're just gonna keep going." And then Thumper's mate is hilarious because she is singing and she's kind of glowing and she's fluffing her tail and her fur and she's waving with her ears to wave hello. She does a big wave with her ears and then Thumper goes like still and then just just a a little little tiny wave, tip of his ear. And then she kisses him and his foot goes crazy. He thumps like crazy. And so Bambi goes to look back, and he's like, oh, man. And so now it's just Bambi. And uh, when he comes across Feline, <laughs> I had to look at my notes again. Speaking I'm so sorry. Speaking of 18 sorry. seconds of silence. I know. I'm so sorry, <laughs> listeners. When he comes across Feline, uh, he goes back to being clumsy Bambi, which I found so funny. He goes back to when That's they first works, met. That's how man. <laughs> he goes back to when they first met, and he's clumsy in the water, and he gets caught in a branch. Uh, when she, you know, she licks him and he, he gets all like twisted up in the branches. Uh, and then he's daydreaming in the clouds and they're prancing in the clouds. It goes to this kind of whimsical sequence of him kind of falling for her. And then it felt a little bit like the Lion King, like when Nala and Simba come back together and Yeah, fall in and love. I think the scene after this next one feels yes. like it even oh, I more for, so. I, I forgot about this scene again. That's okay. I never That's why I take notes, scene. listeners. He makes fun of me, but that's why I've got him here. I never in my life have made fun of my mm. wife, ever once. Uh, so then they come across another buck who's very aggressive, like very Just comes intense. out of nowhere and is like, fully like, is mine. No, like, yeah, she's mine. We're going to call this one uh, Chad. Okay, so Chad, so Chad comes, in comes out and is very, very intense. And so then they start to fight uh, and Bambi and Chad. And though again, the way the animation and the music, so there's light, the lighting on the silhouettes, they change colors and the, and the way that they're fighting and the way they do the lighting and the coloring um, is really unique. And I, I really liked the way they did this scene. And it's interesting because it looks like they just drew deer fighting. 
But then every once in a while you get a sense of which one's Bambi because they cut to his face and he's got the expression. The other one just has a mean look the whole time. Yeah, and his so antlers are different. So you can kind of tell yeah, a little bit. But it's just mostly that they're still able to get that Disney personality on a character mm-hmm. in a very, very real looking scene. Yeah, and so Bambi fights for her. And when um, he's up at the top of the rock, looking down like he's he knocks won. chad off the rock the lighting when he's on the top of the rock he looks like his dad yeah it's a throwback to the beginning of the movie when you when you meet the great prince of the forest for the mm-hmm. first time and so i really like the way they did that and then they go into prancing in the flowers which reminds me of can you feel the love tonight yes it is very it's a very similar sequence um all the flowers are blowing and and you know they're prancing together and getting to know each other and you know I think they might do a little nose kiss at the end of it and then it goes to the next scene and now we're back in to autumn I believe and so we observe that summer gets the shaft like we never they don't define summer in the animation the way they do autumn and winter and spring Mm -hmm. Uh, but it comes back to autumn and Bambi sees a campfire, sees smoke in the distance from a campfire. And that's when his father says to him, uh, "There, uh, man is back. There's many of them this time. You know, there's more than one. There's lots of them. We need to go deep into the forest. Guess who's back? Yeah. Back again. <laughs> man is back. <laughs> Tell a friend. So, man is back. <laughs> and, uh... They're letting all the woodland creatures know. So it's not just the deer need to go deep into the forest. They want to protect everybody. So this is when him and Feline, they get separated. Uh, Because Bambi and Feline, after you see the nose kiss, they're like snuggled together sleeping. And then he hears something and that's when he goes to see the fire. So he leaves her to see what's going on. He talks to his dad. And then when she wakes up, he's not there. And so they're both looking for each other through kind of this chaos. And... It the cuts next to these scene, pheasants. Uh, yeah, pheasants or quail. I <laughs> quail, think they were pheasants. Were they quail? Well, either way. It doesn't matter. Know. But they were a bird, and they're all panicking, and they're all in the grass, and they're like, we need to be quiet. Like, don't say a word. And this one poor bird is so nervous, and she's like, we, we have to fly. We have to fly now. And they're like, no, the last thing you want to do is fly. Do not fly. And she flies, and then you see a gunshot, and she falls to the ground. Yeah. Uh, and it, that part was Duck hunt so... Style. I basically was like... Did she just yeah, die? Was, that was probably the most shocking. Like, Because that one you actually yeah. see it. You see it happen. It was, I mean, this whole movie, like, I don't know what your perspective is on hunting. I've never been hunting. I really typically don't have a problem with hunting because in the real world, there's way more deer and animals. You in fish. This. And, well, I fish. Yeah. I, I, I think, I like regulated hunting. I like it with, you know, like. The ones who are like, we're just going to go get a few things. And I feel like there's and people who go out and if you're going to use go, what you hunt versus, yeah. um, you know, for the sport of it. And That's s- my opinion. Yeah. And but, so. And I think this movie does a good job of being like really giving you. I mean, it's definitely a naturalist movie. It's an environmentalist movie. And giving movie. you the perspective from the animals and what happens when man comes into where they live just the destruction and 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 the the terror and kind of how they have to uproot everything and so that's what's happening in this scene and then at the same time we go back to feline and she uh is now being chased by really uh, angry and almost rabid looking dogs like very sharp Mm -hmm. teeth assuming it's the hunter's dogs is my assumption 
Um, we never know. Just wild dogs. Yeah, well, we never see the hunter, right? But the, it's you would think the it's the hunter's dogs. Although I don't know if you actually, I've never heard of like, bring a pack of dogs to go deer hunting. Yeah, so one. I don't know. But so they all are chasing her and she's running and all of these things are happening. Uh, and Bambi comes, fins them off after yeah, she's yeah. kind of been pinned onto a rock, which you said reminded you of Scar. And it did look hyenas. a little bit when Scar is standing talking to the hyenas during uh, mm-hmm. Be Prepared. Just a similar feeling there, even though it's Feline, she's very vulnerable up on right. that rock. So, as that's happening, they kind of get separated. Well, Feline kind of finds the shortcut to the end because yeah, she kind of Bambi, disappears. Bambi comes to the rescue and then the fire starts to spread. Mm-hmm. So now it becomes an even more urgency to get away from where they're at. Now, not only are they worried about gunshots, but the campfire has spread. And so now there's a huge forest fire. And then Bambi, I gets think, gets shot. shot, which we didn't know. I'm assuming um, he got winged or something yeah, or because he gets better, but he definitely takes him down for a while until his dad shows up and is like, Get you up. have to get up. Yeah, you must get up and kind you know, of we need to get going. Them, but, but again, being like, this is urgent. If you stay here, like you're done for. I think he's trying to convince them like in, in this 1942 way of like, you have to be like, this movie is about him going from boy to man. Mm-hmm. And make and having to like deal with tough and stuff. making tough choices, yeah. yeah. And so the animation of the fire and the way the color changes mm-hmm. and the way again, I know I keep saying that, but it, they really take you on this journey both with the music and the animation and the way that they highlight certain colors when certain things are happening. It really felt like Fantasia. And every time there was a big music change, this style of the movie changed a bit as well. Yes, and so. Uh, Bambi and his father are running kind of panicked. You know, they try to go one way and the fire comes. They go another way and the fire comes. And so they finally jump down a waterfall. They don't really have a choice. And so they jump down this waterfall. So we see all the animals now on this small, like, piece of land. So you see how they all, you know, they go from being spread out to now they're all kind of cornered and all together because this fire has kind of pushed them out of their home. And then I think the next scene is springtime again, right? And we were, uh, that's, we cut to a scene of like, the first shot is a couple like stumps and things that have burned down and there's, there's moss growing on it. It's the circle of life story of this movie about, you know, destruction and rebirth and death and not, I guess death. Yeah. Death and like the next cycle coming through. And yeah. And we do see Feline reunited with Bambi before we cut to spring again. Uh, but yeah, you're seeing the circle of life and how things go on and the animals adapt and where they're at. And then we're seeing the next stage because all the animals start declaring it's happened. It's happened. And yeah. And very and Thumper reminiscent and to his... that first scene when Thumper is excited to meet the new prince. And you got a kick out of this when Thumper and his whole family shows up and all, all of them, of are, them thumping. are thumping. Yeah. I think that they may all be boys. I don't know. They could be girls. I, it doesn't matter. Uh, but all the bunnies are thumping. Uh, and they're also excited to meet the two fawns, and we realize there's not one, there's two. And uh, we notice that we think it's a boy and a girl because they're animated very similar mm-hmm. to Baby Bambi and or Young Bambi and Young Feline. Feline. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm trying. Uh, and so then, I think it's the owl who says Bambi must be so proud, and we cut to Bambi and his father he's like overlooking and it's a far shot overlooking the forest and this was my one thing because it does feel like it's like bambi is like now going to go away and be a very minor part of a a very not big part of his children's life which is kind of a bummer 
Yeah, but I think it's more of he protects the forest. I think that's what we realize with his father is. It's also this is the nature show. Like I was saying, it's yeah. a nature show, and this is nature. Like the the unfortunately the men don't stick around like mm-hmm. all of us should. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's how it ends. You know, it cuts to the last scene there. This. This one didn't feel like it wrapped up quickly like some of the other no, ones we've seen. No, I felt it came to a, a, a natural, like a, a good place to end. All right, guys, so that was Bambi. And we both really loved I it. I gotta say, I, especially for a movie that I remember not liking as a kid, I didn't like a lot of these Golden Age because probably I was just a dumb little kid. But, like, this felt Give great. Give yourself credit. All right, I was a mildly intel- intelligent kid. Um, I... But we both really, yeah. we came away from it really enjoying it. And so we'll kind of review some of the questions we talk about. Let's do that. Um, how was the princess? Or in this case, Bambi. Yeah, well, Bambi, yeah, Bambi. And I think we could say Feline I love eventually Bambi. is a princess. He's a, but he's a prince. He is a prince. It's, it, it's, uh, it's the first, like, prince-centered centered movie yeah. we've seen. Uh, and so I loved both of them. I thought they were both great characters. Oh, Bambi and Feline. Yeah, Feline was was. I thought Feline was, was fine. I, I mean, this we'll jump ahead to our female agency in these movies. I loved the mom. The mom had yeah. The mom was so fierce and so protective, and I mean, she felt like a strong single mom. <laughs> yeah, she was great. Well, and even she she wasn't like. She had respect for his father, you know, and any, she only briefly told Bambi about yeah. him, but I think she was great. And I think, uh, Feline is more of, she's with Bambi where they haven't experienced much. So when man comes in and she's panicking, you know, I can't say I blame her because it's her first time experiencing yeah. that just like it was Bambi's first time experiencing right. that. Um, how was the villain? I thought they did a, a very good job of we never see the villain as we've mentioned it's man and very ominous and very dark and and you feel the I don't know if gravity is the right word the heaviness of what um, happens when man comes to where they're at in the forest. I'm gonna go ahead and say it now as of now man is my least favorite villain not in that they were a bad villain in yeah. that they were a extremely good villain. And I hate man. Yeah. <laughs> like, right now, they're the villain to be yeah. in the, like, ooh, I don't like him. Well, and I've got a, uh, two interesting things here. One, I was reading that man, apparently there's a list, and I've looked up the list. Mm-hmm. I went down a rabbit hole uh, with Thumper, and I looked oh, up boy. the list. Oh, <laughs> boy. Uh, man who is ranked number 20 on the villain list of the American film list of the 100 greatest heroes and villains. So wow. they divide it up between 50 villains and 50 heroes. And you can Google this list. I'm going to just highlight what Disney villains are on the list. It was very sad Maleficent is not on this list. Uh, but at number 10 is the Evil Queen from Snow White mm-hmm. on this list of villains. Uh, the next one we have for Disney is Man at number 20. A Cruella de Vil is number 39. So yeah, it looks like it's Man, uh, the Evil Queen from Snow White, and Cruella de Vil for Disney villains, which I think when you look at the rest of this list, like Darth Vader is up in the top three. Mm-hmm. So uh, Man makes the list at number 20. Wow. The other thing that I found interesting, supposedly this happened very recently. Uh, I was reading some facts and trivia about the movie, but in 2018, uh, there was a poacher in Missouri, and he was sentenced to a year in prison for illegally killing deer for trophies. Part of his penalty was to watch this movie once a month. (laughs) 
And I, yeah, that's what I read. I mean, I, I, I don't have like a source to cite. Is it true? But it was on some of the facts and trivia, uh, that I was looking up. So I I mean, there's definitely worse, uh, punishments out there. Yeah. So, um, so that was kind of my other little fact about man that I found intriguing when I was reading up on it. So next question, how was the sidekick? Oh I think my goodness! Thumper, rates Thumper up yeah, there. Thumper is the sidekick because he's he, and he teaches him everything. Everything mm-hmm. Bambi knows and first learns. Uh, Thumper was wonderful. He's one of my favorite sidekicks as of right now. So far, he's great. Favorite musical number? I mean, there weren't a lot. So, I liked Little April Showers. I was going to say that as well. I liked Little April Showers, and in general, all of the music was beautifully done and. You know, there was choirs in certain parts and instrumental, and then you had a couple vocals in it as well with Little April Showers, and I just thought it fit the film so well. Uh, does it hold up? I think this one is the best. I think it's a very timeless story. Best timeless one. Yes. Yeah. There's not. There's not a problem with ethnic representation. I mean, even in Snow White, there's that little tiny bit where with Jopey very quickly. But this doesn't have any of that. There's drinking and smoking. There's none of that because it's all in the force. There's gunplay, which is an issue. But, but I again, think that we don't see it. We just all, hear it's it. It's also the bad guy. Yeah. So it's presented in a light that, in my opinion, I believe is. And true. I think if anything. You come away with it, and I, I think children would come could come away with this as well, depending on their ages, their respect for the forest. Like, to have a, a respectfulness for we are in their home, not the other way around. Well, but that's... Right? So that's a good question I want to ask you about. Like, how do you feel about showing this to kids? Because... I have I go back and forth because and I listeners, think listeners we've mentioned before, but neither one of us ha- we don't have children. But, but as typical couples who don't have children uh, act, let's tell you what we think about child rearing. So uh, no, um... <laughs> not that. But I would love to hear from the listeners. I would love folks to write in because I I do yeah. think I would imagine it would have to be a certain age. I don't remember at what age I saw this movie, but I think it would be one you could watch with your children. And if the scene where we lose Bambi's mother is very emotional for your child. I do think there's things you could talk through, but again, it depends on the age of the child, right? And I it might too. go by. Yeah. If, if, a, if a child's watching it young enough, it, it might go by to where they, they don't emotionally connect with it the way you and I did when we watched it. I, I don't know. And, and that's the other thing is I think once you reach a certain age, it does feel like a very baby movie. Like, I think this movie is so much better as an adult, I think, but I think you can age out of it quick, especially as a boy. I don't know about as girls. But like the whole like, I think this is a baby movie, which you should teach your boy not to care about that stuff. But I'm also saying I think that's what happened to me is I think I reached a point where I was like, this is for babies. I'm not a baby. And and I don't think that that's the case at all. I wouldn't describe it as that at all. Uh, I, that's what I'm saying. But I, I, I think there's a part. I think there's a certain age where kids like don't care about this stuff for a while. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, listeners, we'd love to hear from you. We know we have uh, several listeners who do have children and yes. we would love your thoughts on um, if you've watched it with them, if they're old enough to watch it. I know we have some listeners who have uh, more newborn, uh, towards the newborn side mm-hmm. of children. So I'd love to hear your opinion as newer moms. As, Force your young and, children and to watch those scenes and then tell us exactly no, how traumatized no, no, no. they got I'm more on so a scale just, of 1 to 10. I more so want to hear opinions. I think that's one thing, you know, when we started this, we said in our first episode, we are by no means experts, not only on what we're talking about, but as we're giving our opinions. <laughs> but anything. Yeah, no, well, I mean, you know, with there's so much you can find out about each one of these Disney movies. And so I think part of my enjoyment of this podcast is talking to other people. And we had a friend 
uh, send us a text message about Snow White and just being excited that folks are getting something out of it mm -hmm. and hearing from all of you. So uh, as we wrap things up, you know, we're going to say it here at the end, but please reach out to us, send us an email, whatnot, and we'd love to hear your opinions on what we've done so far. And please spread this around to, to friends of yours, to, to anybody else who you think might like it, even if, you know, right now I feel like it's a lot of people we know, but you know, we'd love to hear from, to have this spread far and wide. Um, one thing I want to go over before uh, the end here is our final question, which has typically been, do we give it a platinum edition? But I think we've decided that we want to do something a little different. Mm -hmm. And it's, do we add this to our Disney collection, our personal and Disney collection? And put it collection, up on the shelf. Put it up on the shelf in a clamshell. Yes. Which I think we've put every single one up there so we far. We have, yeah. Or do we lock it away in the vault? No, and this I, one goes up on the top definitely. shelf to be seen. And I think if you would have asked me before we watched it again, I would have said no. I'd have been like, eh, Bambi. So... That's that's Bambi, guys. We really enjoyed it. Uh, up next, we're getting kind of the weird run of movies during World War II. We're starting off with Saludos Amigos. All right, we will have a special guest for that one as well, so we're looking forward to it. Uh, and go check out Bambi until we see you next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh -huh.